Section 8 of Journal of a Residence on a Georgian Plantation, 1838 to 1839. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Journal of a Residence on a Georgian Plantation, 1838 to 1839 by francis ann kimball section eight i have been taking my daily walk round the island and visited the sugar mill and the threshing mill again mr blank has received another letter from parson blank upon the subject of more church building in darien it seems that there has been a very general panic in this part of the slave states lately occasioned by some injudicious missionary preaching which was pronounced to be of a decidedly abolitionist tendency the offensive preachers after sowing god only knows what seed in this tremendous soil where one grain of knowledge may spring up a gigantic upas tree to the prosperity of its most unfortunate possessors were summarily and ignominiously expulsed and now some short-sighted uncomfortable christians in these parts among others this said parson blank are possessed with a notion that something had better be done to supply the want created by the cessation of these dangerous exhortations to which the negroes have listened it seems with complacency parson blank seems to think that having driven out two preachers it might be well to build one church where at any rate the negroes might be exhorted in a safe and salutary manner as the french would say upon my word e i used to pity the slaves and i do pity them with all my soul but oh dear oh dear their case is a bed of roses to that of their owners and i would go to the slave block in charleston to-morrow cheerfully to be purchased if my only option was to go thither as a purchaser I was looking over this morning, with a most indescribable mixture of feelings, a pamphlet published in the South upon the subject of the religious instruction of the slaves, and the difficulty of the task undertaken by these reconcilers of God and mammon really seems to me nothing short of piteous. We must give our involuntary servants—they seldom call them slaves, for it is an ugly word in an American mouth, you know christian enlightenment say they and where shall they begin whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you do ye also unto them no but servants obey your masters and there i think they naturally come to a full stop this pamphlet forcibly suggested to me the necessity for a slave church catechism and also indeed if it were possible a slave bible if these heaven-blinded negro enlighteners persist in their pernicious plan of making christians of their cattle something of the sort must be done or they will infallibly cut their own throats with this two-edged sword of truth to which they should in no wise have laid their hand and would not doubtless but that it is now thrust at them so threateningly that they have no choice again and again how much i do pity them I have been walking to another cluster of negro huts known as number two and here we took a boat 
and rode across the broad brimming altamaha to a place called woodville on a part of the estate named hammersmith though why that very thriving suburb of the great city of london should have been selected as the name of the lonely plank-house in the midst of the pine-woods which here enjoys that title i cannot conceive unless it was suggested by the contrast this settlement is on the mainland and consists apparently merely of this house to which the overseer retires when the poisonous malaria of the rice plantations compels him to withdraw from it and a few deplorably miserable hovels which appear to me to be chiefly occupied by the most decrepit and infirm samples of humanity it was ever my melancholy lot to behold the air of this pine barren is salubrious compared with that of the rice islands and here some of the oldest slaves who will not die yet and cannot work any more are sent to go as it were out of the way remote recollections of former dealings with civilized human beings in the shape of masters and overseers seemed to me to be the only idea not purely idiotic in the minds of the poor old tottering creatures that gathered to stare with dim and blear eyes at me and my children there were two very aged women who had seen different and to their faded recollections better times who spoke to me of mr blank's grandfather and of the early days of the plantation when they were young and strong and worked as their children and grandchildren were now working neither for love nor yet for money one of these old cronies a hideous withered wrinkled piece of womanhood said that she had worked as long as her strength had lasted and that then she had still been worth her keep for said she missus though we no able to work we make little niggers for massa her joy at seeing her present owner was unbounded and she kept clapping her horny hands together and exclaiming while there's life there's hope we seen massa before we die these demonstrations of regard were followed up by piteous complaints of hunger and rheumatism and their usual requests for pittances of food and clothing to which we responded by promises of additions in both kinds and i was extricating myself as well as i could from my petitioners with the assurance that i would come by and by and visit them again when i felt my dress suddenly feebly jerked and a shrill cracked voice on the other side of me exclaimed missus no go yet no go away yet you no see me missus when you come by and by but added the voice in a sort of wail which seemed to me as if the thought was full of misery you see many many of my offspring these melancholy words particularly the rather unusual one at the end of the address struck me very much they were uttered by a creature which was a woman but looked like a crooked ill-built figure set up in a field to scare crows with a face infinitely more like a mere animal's than any human countenance i ever beheld and with that peculiar wild restless look of indefinite and at the same time intense sadness that is so remarkable in the countenance of some monkeys it was almost with an effort that i commanded myself so as not to withdraw my dress from the yellow crumpled filthy claws that gripped it and it was not at last without the authoritative voice of the overseer that the poor creature released her hold of me 
we returned home certainly in the very strangest vehicle that ever civilized gentlewomen travelled in a huge sort of cart made only of some loose boards on which i lay supporting myself against one of the four posts which indicated the sides of my carriage six horned creatures cows or bulls drew this singular equipage and a yelping howling screaming leaping company of half-naked negroes ran all around them goading them with sharp sticks frantically seizing hold of their tails and inciting them by every conceivable and inconceivable encouragement to quick motion thus like one of the ancient merovingian monarchs i was dragged through the deep sand from the settlement back to the river where we re-embarked for the island as we crossed the broad flood whose turbid waters always look swollen as if by a series of freshets a flight of birds sprang from the low swamp we were approaching and literally as it rose in the air cast a shadow like that of a cloud which might be said with but little exaggeration to darken the sun for a few seconds how well i remember my poor aunt whitelock describing such phenomena as of frequent occurrence in america and the scornful incredulity with which we heard without accepting these legends of her western experience how little i then thought that i should have to cry Pukavi to her memory from the bottom of such ruts and under the shadow of such flights of winged creatures as she used to describe from the muddy ways of pennsylvania and the muddy waters of georgia the vegetation is already in an active state of demonstration sprouting into lovely pale green and vivid red-brown buds and leaflets though tis yet early in january after our return home we had a visit from mr blank one of our neighbors an intelligent and humane man to whose account of the qualities and characteristics of the slaves as he had observed and experienced them i listened with great interest the brunswick canal was again the subject of conversation and again the impossibility of allowing the negroes and irish to work in proximity was stated and admitted as an indisputable fact it strikes me with amazement to hear the hopeless doom of incapacity for progress pronounced upon these wretched slaves when in my own country the very same order of language is perpetually applied to these very irish here spoken of as a sort of race of demigods by negro comparison and it is most true that in ireland nothing can be more savage brutish filthy idle and incorrigibly and hopelessly helpless and incapable than the irish appear and yet transplanted to your northern states freed from the evil influences which surround them at home they and their children become industrious thrifty willing to learn able to improve and forming in the course of two generations a most valuable accession to your laboring population how is it that it never occurs to these emphatical denouncers of the whole negro race that the irish at home are esteemed much as they esteem their slaves and that the sentence pronounced against their whole country by one of the greatest men of our age an irishman was precisely that nothing could save redeem or regenerate ireland unless as a preparatory measure the island were submerged and all its inhabitants drowned off i have had several women at the house to-day asking for advice and help for their sick children they all came from number two as they call it 
that is the settlement or cluster of negro huts nearest to the main one where we may be said to reside in the afternoon i went thither and found a great many of the little children ailing there had been an unusual mortality among them at this particular settlement this winter in one miserable hut i heard that the baby was just dead it was one of thirteen many of whom had been like itself mercifully removed from the life of degradation and misery to which their birth appointed them and whether it was the frequent repetition of similar losses or an instinctive consciousness that death was indeed better than life for such children as theirs i know not but the father and mother and old rose the nurse who was their little baby's grandmother all seemed apathetic and apparently indifferent to the event the mother merely repeated over and over again i've lost a many they all go so and the father without word or comment went out to his enforced labor as i left the cabin rejoicing for them at the deliverance out of slavery of their poor child i found myself suddenly surrounded by a swarm of young ragamuffins in every stage of partial nudity clamoring from out of their filthy remnants of rags for donations of scarlet ribbon for the ball which was to take place that evening the melancholy scene i had just witnessed and the still sadder reflection it had given rise to had quite driven all thoughts of the approaching festivity from my mind but the sudden demand of these graceful luxuries by mr blank's half-naked dependence reminded me of the grotesque mask which life wears on one of its mysterious faces and with as much sympathy for rejoicing as my late sympathy for sorrow had left me capable of i procured the desired ornaments i have considerable fellow-feeling for the passion for all shades of red which prevails among these dusky fellow-creatures of mine a savage propensity for that same color in all its modifications being a tendency of my own at our own settlement number one i found everything in a high fever of preparation for the ball a huge boat had just arrived from the cotton plantation at st simon's laden with the youth and beauty of that portion of the estate who had been invited to join the party and the greetings among the arrivers and welcomers and the heaven-defying combinations of color and the gala attire of both surpass all my powers of description the ball to which of course we went took place in one of the rooms of the infirmary as the room had fortunately but few occupants they were removed to another apartment and without any very tender consideration for their not very remote though invisible sufferings the dancing commenced and was continued oh my dear e i have seen jim crow the veritable james all the contortions and springs and flings and kicks and capers you have been beguiled into accepting as indicative of him are spurious faint feeble impotent in a word pale northern reproductions of that ineffable black conception it is impossible for words to describe the things these people did with their bodies and above all with their faces the whites of their eyes and the whites of their teeth and certain outlines which either naturally and by the grace of heaven or by the practice of some peculiar artistic dexterity they bring into prominent and most ludicrous display the languishing elegance of some the painstaking laboriousness of others above all the feats of a certain enthusiastic banjo player 
who seemed to me to thump his instrument with every part of his body at once, at last so utterly overcame any attempt at decorous gravity on my part that I was obliged to secede, and, considering what the atmosphere was that we inhaled during the exhibition, it is only wonderful to me that we were not made ill by the double effort not to laugh, and, if possible, not to breathe. End of section 8 Recording by James K. White Chula Vista.